welcome to the Investment Cuddle. I'm Gary and I'm here with Philip and today on the podcast we're going to talk about dividend investing. All right, so the bit we haven't really talked about, which is the really exciting bit, is tax. Are there any tax implications to these dividends? Yes, because it's income. So, in the UK, there's two implications. One, because it's income, you have to pay income tax on it, or it is liable to pay income tax on it. The difference is, uh, and then you also have what's called withholding taxes. Now, if I start with what's a withholding tax, and then we'll move on to the income side, because it's quite different. Most places in the world, you have a withholding tax on dividend income or savings income. In the UK, we used to have a withholding tax on savings income and dividend income about 10 years ago. Because what the government did was it made, it got basically said, everyone pays lower rate income tax straight away at source and gives it to us. And then if you had to claim it back, if you didn't have to pay it, because they know most people are too lazy or didn't know you had to do it, so you got extra money. And it made the government easier. I think later on they realised that quite a lot of people, it's quite difficult to administer when there's a lot of people that say, actually, I don't pay enough tax, so can I have my dividend tax back, please, compared to other places. Also, lots of companies or investment funds can claim all that dividend back because they're a company, not an individual, because their shareholders get taxed, not the company itself. So therefore, they can claim it all back, and that's a lot of paperwork. So about 10 years ago, the then Chancellor, Mr. Osborne, decided to scrap it on income from savings and dividends. You still have to pay the tax, but it's up to you to fill in the forms and pay it to the government once you've gone over your dividends allowance or your income allowances. Okay. Now, withholding taxes work this way, and the rest of the world generally have them. When you get dividends, immediately the company takes a percentage of it, the withholding tax, and gives it straight to their government. You then have to claim it back. So, an example being the UK. If an American bought a UK share, because we have zero withholding tax, all of the dividend gets paid to him. Because under UK law, it's up to him to pay UK tax. Most of them probably don't own enough shares that they're going to go beyond their tax allowance for the year. So therefore, under UK law, he has no tax to pay. He may well have in America, but he's got to do the American system for his own. As a UK person, if you were to buy American share, the American legal tax system says 30% withholding tax can be dropped to 15% if you fill out certain forms with your broker and they register with the IRS but you still get docked 15%. If you have it in a SIP, uh, you and your broker has registered your SIP with the IRS in America, it can be claimed with zero taxes deducted at source. But there's forms involved in this. So if you had it with heart, if you, in the UK, the only two brokers I know for definite who run an individual SIP, which is registered with the IRS, Hargreaves Lansdowne and AJ Bell. I know Hargreaves Lansdowne do because I bought an American company that paid a dividend and I filled out the paperwork and I got 100% of my dividend paid in cash. In my ISA, I filled up the paperwork and I got 15% withheld instead of 30% withheld. Now that's fine. The Americans have this system and we have tax treaties where you any excess you could claim off via your self-assessment form. The problem comes when you try to do it in Europe, mainly, 
because although legally you can claim it back, most places in Europe don't really have private shareholders. So therefore, the whole concept of giving it to non-funds, non-pension funds reclaiming the money, is new. So if you want to get your money out of Germany or France, forget it. You're wasting your time. If you had a Danish share, a Swedish share, and I think a Dutch share, yes, you can. It's a lot of paperwork to fill in, but eventually you get your money back. You may not, it may not be worth it. So for quite a lot of them, you might as well buy a fund because the fund is big enough for hundreds of millions of pounds that they employ a person to fill out the forms to get it back. And because they're legally a company, all the tax systems in Europe understand that and will pay the money back. So when you put yourself down as an individual, the problem is with most of ours, your name is not on the share register, it's as a nominee, and the French go, therefore you're not an owner. They cannot contrahend a nominee account because they don't have a private system, so therefore, what? They can't happen anywhere else in the world. It's the way they think. Right. So, and is this the case in Asia? Are you aware? Most of Asia also has withholding tax and dividends, with only two exceptions to my knowledge. Hong Kong and Singapore. Neither of which are the highest yielding dividend-paying stock markets in the world. I think of, of all the countries in the world where they have zero withholding tax on dividends, the UK is the biggest by far. Followed by Hong Kong, Singapore, then you're going to Cyprus, maybe Iceland, and then some really, really small places that don't really pay a dividend. Like Guernsey, Jersey, tiny places. Almost everywhere it does. And there's also no standard number. It ranges from like 7.5% to like 35% in Switzerland. Right. So, yeah, because I just think one of the websites I know we've used, Dividend Max, they provide a list of companies paying dividends when they've declared it, when they're, pay- when they- when they're going ex-dividend. For most stocks on the developed market indices, yes. Yeah. And so you can find out your dividend dates and your dividend paying dates on there and they offer a subscription service. So, that's a good source of information on what's what companies are paying and when, and it goes right out year-wise. It takes you out. It, it, you can go back historically, and you can go forward and work out what they're going to pay in the next year, and that's for funds and individual shares. But again, they have lists of companies right the way across the world. So, yeah, the, the country or the jurisdiction where you're going to buy that share, be careful because, as you're saying, it will depend on whatever that country is up to and also what country you're in when you buy it. And that's worth pointing out, it doesn't matter what stock market it's on, it matters where is it legally domiciled. An example would be in the UK. We have several American companies that are listed only on the London stock market. Probably the most famous one I can think of is what used to be called Diversified Oil and Gas, now called Diversified Energy Company. They're a wholly American company. There's gas and oil distribution in the eastern states of America, only listed in the UK. Because it is an American company, you have to, it follows American withholding tax on its dividends, not UK. Listing is irrelevant. It's because it's an American company with its holdings in America. So I, you have to fill out the American forms for the IRS. Similarly, you have got UK companies listed in America that are domiciled in the UK. There's a couple of them that are on the NASDAQ. 
So technically, they pay no withholding tax. So for Americans, they're quite handy. You trade on the NASDAQ and they pay no withholding tax. The other thing it's worth mentioning is once you've paid your withholding tax, now it also depends where you've put said investment. Is it tax rapid or not? Because then there's UK taxation. If you've used up your dividends allowance and your income tax allowance, after that, it's taxable. At the lower income tax threshold in the UK, dividend is then has an extra tax of 7.5% on it. Goes to 8.75 in April, beyond April 2022. Thank you, Boris. No, it's not Boris, it's the Chancellor. Well, well he's the boss, come on. So you've got to pay on that. So if you're holding it in a broker outside of a tax wrapper, you'd have to pay tax on that. And you, you have to fill in a self-assessment form. It's your responsibility to go and pay tax on Intel Taxman. If you're holding it in ISA, there's at least no UK tax to pay on it. If you're holding a SIP, at least there's no UK tax. But the thing is, you might have, well have had to pay quite a bit of withholding tax before it even got to you. So the worst case scenarios, you had a Swiss share, you paid 35% withholding tax. Because you held it outside of a tax wrapper, you then have to pay another 7.5% on it, which brings you to quite a crippling 42.5%. That is crippling. I would go with that. That comes as a massive shock. Now, technically, you should then be able to go and claim the money back without doing your self-assessment because of the tax treaties, that you don't get taxed twice because you might be paying at a lower rate and yet you're paying higher rate tax band. Problem is, the Swiss may not register you because you're not the legal owner of the share. Mm-hmm. It's down as not Charles Stanley Nominees Trustees Limited. Depends how brutal they want to be with who's on the share register. Yeah, and I guess it comes back to the the, the point about if you are going to buy something in Europe or another jurisdiction then sometimes it's easier from a tax point of view to buy a fund that's holding some of these because then usually the fund is domiciled in the UK and it's like you're only subject to UK tax. And they've retained all the foreign withholding taxes because it's such a large amount of money. They employ people to do that. Exactly. The the fund's got, got people to do that. And then you can, you're paying for the privilege for them to do that because the fees are probably higher than on a single share. But nevertheless, if you want to have a diversified portfolio, then funds are not a bad option no. on that on that score. And you've already said, you know, about the you know the, the influence of like, the U.S. withholding tax on ISAs and 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 SIPs. So that's always that, that's a good sort of lead there, and I think it's worth looking at how withholding tax is but the impact it's always worth having a look at the impact of this withholding tax by country so and whether you can, it's worth you as an individual holding individual foreign shares yeah and so again when we go back to what dividend you're going to get your income will be influenced by assuming you want the income or whether you reinvest in it in fact you know, it's going to impact your returns significantly if you are yeah. got a hole in it and it's worth checking what you do get back so I guess just in summary then, Philip, dividend investment, I mean, it's, it's a good thing to consider whether you're looking at growth or value stocks as part of a portfolio. But I think there's some key aspects to remember from what we have gone through today. The summary advice bits, so things you really need to 
to remember is you want a balanced portfolio. So that's why you're probably looking at these things. But it's also, remember, dividends aren't guaranteed. But over a long time, most of your growth comes from dividends reinvested. Shares and funds are ways of getting you a balanced portfolio. They can also be easier to get dividends reinvested, particularly if you're smaller pots than if you did it through investment trusts. But whether it's investment trust, unit trust, ETF or OIC, they're far better at reclaiming the withholding taxes on foreign shares than you as a personal private individual running his private portfolio. And that's something to worth, unless you've got an awful lot of money that you can afford the thousands of pounds it costs to pay out somebody else to go and claim it all back for you. So they are often a very good way of buying foreign shares. Also, if you're looking for a dividend, you want to look at, if you're looking at companies or funds, particularly investment funds, is it their policy to pay a fixed amount of dividend, grow the dividend, or just pay a percentage of their turnover each year? Understand what it is you're buying, what their policy is, gives you an idea of what you need to consider at the time. Because you might, what you want to do, depending on what you want your income for, you might want to do different things. If you want it as an income to live off, you probably have a different set of requirements and want to do something different than if you're using it to just reinvest each time. Also... Always, always remember, tax wags the dog. Tax implications can wreck the greatest of strategies if you didn't think about them till afterwards. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I was thinking of a quote there from Robert Kiyosaki, actually, about tax. I'll maybe leave that for another time. But yeah, the t- tax implications are huge, potentially, especially when you're talking about compounding something. All right, well, it leaves me to say thank you to Philip, and we'll see you next time. This programme has been presented for information and educational purposes only. None of the information or content of the programme is to be taken as an offer, opinion or recommendation by the programme's hosts or guests to buy or sell securities. Nor is it intended to provide legal, tax, accounting, commercial or financial advice. Opinions and comments are based on information from sources believed to be reliable. All investing involves risk as prices go up or down based on a number of factors. Always consider consulting a financial professional before investing.